My friends, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Pop Top. I apologize for a week-long hiatus there. Got a little busy at work. Pop Top does not pay the bills yet. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge to any of my sponsors out there. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome to Pop Top. Happy fucking Friday, okay? Happy Friday to, to you and yours, to the people you care about, to the work deadline you just got done today. Happy Friday to you, my friends. And I'm glad you made it here. And I'm glad that you decided to come here and join me on this Friday. So cheers to you. Cheers to us. Cheers to Pop Top. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, let's take a serious note here uh, on spreading the peace and love. With that comes uh, heavy responsibility. Heavy lies the crown sort of thing. It's on us to pass on the positivity in the world through one beer at a time, as I ask all of you. So, with that, I just want to say, um, it's getting a little silly with these school shootings. Um, I don't want to dwell on it. I'm sure the media is saturating it. I don't watch a lot of the regular news or, like, read different news sources. <laughs> I kind of just get it in pieces. I try not to think about it after years in the Marine Corps. Uh, seeing behind the curtain of Oz, so to speak, makes you not really want to see what's going on. Um, but I think that, you know, with all the talks on gun control and things like that, and I'm sure, yes, there's no reason anybody needs an assault rifle. Uh, there's no reason. But with that said, I think that a lot of it at the root cause of it is because we're not spreading enough love. I mean, these people aren't the, you know, starting quarterback or the captain of the basketball team that are doing this. They're the people that are outcasts, and they're probably outcasts because everyone's outcasting them. And I don't mean that in a good Hollywood sense, like they're, hey, you're casting. Um, that was a terrible joke. My wife claims I make a lot of dad jokes. 100% apologize about the dad jokes. But seriously, I think we need to spread some love. I think kids in school that... If you're listening to this if you're in college and high school, but pass on to your younger brothers and sisters or your nieces and nephews, but don't out outcast somebody because they don't believe in what you, you believe in or they don't like what you like. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I have a lot of favorite quotes uh, from many famous people, generals and presidents and things, but... I'm a big musically lyric person. My wife is not as um, into the lyrics as much as she is. She likes the rhythm. And there's nothing against that. I'm big into the lyrics. I don't know. I guess I'm more of a sensitive bitch. My wife's the tough one, huh? But I, I like I like the things that are said. I, I understand the poetry and prose, if that makes sense. And one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite groups, hate or not hate. And by the way, whatever your feelings are on the beers, on the world, on whatever music I might say I like, make sure that you are giving me your feedback. Uh, you can hit me up at beeramid365 at gmail.com. That's B-E-E-R-A-M-Y-D-365 at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know your comments. Let me know your concerns. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, so I want to preface that 
giving you the email before I make this comment, but one of my favorite quotes is from the lead singer of Slipknot, and it's not from when he was with Slipknot, but it's from Stone Sour, and the song, now I'm totally 100% blanking on the song, and it's not like I don't have a fucking Google in front of my face to look it up right now, but anyway, Corey Taylor, very great lyricist of my time, and uh, shout out to my buddy Phil, I uh, lived with for years, buddy of mine from Carolina, from the Marines, um, Phil is a guy from Iowa, and he actually knew these guys, Slipknot. Anyway, Corey Taylor, from uh, when he had Stone Sour as a side project from Slipknot, in one of the songs he says, it's not a different scene, it's just different from what you've seen. And with that being said, think about that. I mean, people think about the people that we might have clowned you know, behind their back or even to their face when we were in high school because you thought maybe you were cooler than them or you were more interesting or whatever the fucking case may be, man. Either way, I think that we got to, like, maybe bullying is a problem. Maybe we thought it was okay because all of our parents and grandparents were World War II veterans and, you know, baby boomers and kids of Vietnam, and it was just like being tough was a thing. Maybe it's just you got to go with kid gloves on that. I personally... I work with, I have college students that I employ in the summertime as, <clears throat> as help for the business that I work in, and they're great and servers, and, but they are very sensitive children, and I realize that each year, it's, they're younger and younger, and I'm getting older and older, so I'm realizing as much as everyone tries to fight it, you somewhat turn into your mother and father. Um, so, I just, I just want to, I just want to emphasize again, I, I have been a hardened prick who used to love to get into a good bar fight and I realized that that's not the answer and I'm not saying that you gotta be a wuss or you gotta back down from somebody if you're protecting your family by all means protect yourself but try to spread love first try to resolve the situation try to talk about it and I gotta tell you I'm the biggest person to say fuck talk I'm gonna knock your goddamn teeth out so with that being said, guys, please, please try to love one another. It's tense is n enough with our president tweeting fucking babble every goddamn 10 minutes. The least we can do is please spread some love. And with that, I toast today's beer to my Pop Top Nation or select few, small group, school circle, whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, I toast to you, I toast to a great beer and a great time, and a good Friday. So, good Friday, happy Friday. I know that started off on a somber tone, but happy Friday, everybody. I hope everyone is doing well. I know it's about 40-some degrees outside, and we had snow earlier this week, but son of a bitch, the sun is shining in through the apartment right now. It's looking great on the balcony. I'm looking out at the table where my wife and I have dinners on the patio when it gets nice out after a long work day in the summer. And I look forward to that, and I can't wait to be occupying those two chairs in warm weather. Right now, it's still about 40 degrees and a little windy. The wife is out at tennis practice coaching the kids, and uh, I am here coming to bring joy to you. Uh, in the ways I'm bringing joy today, Albemarle Cider Works, okay? Uh, I hope everyone here is going to appreciate some cider. The machoist of men that are listening to this podcast right now, you know you like cider. You know you drank apple juices as a kid, okay? Don't act like you don't like sweet apples. But that being said, when you're like, I ain't drinking no fucking cider. 
The cider here I'm about to bring to you from Albemarle Cider Works is not sweet. It's not too tart. Now, I know when I drink cider and I've had uh, Angry Orchard and I actually used to drink um, Hornsby's. If you guys have ever heard of Hornsby's, they are uh, they're like these uh, old green bottles and they're short and squat and I'm sure they probably still make Hornsby's. I don't know why. I would think that they didn't make Hornsby's. Let me look that up. But these old green bottles, and um, they were really high alcohol, and they were cheap to buy at the BX. <laughs> so we used to uh, we used to buy them and slam them before we went out on the town. There, let's see, Hornsby's, Hornsby's cider, Hornsby's hard, Hornsby's cider or hard cider? It's like whatever. Google, give me a goddamn. Hornsby's Hard Crisp Cider. Yeah, you can still buy it. Ooh, they've amped up the bottle now, though. It looks uh, more like a damn blue and gold Smirnoff ice. Uh, but you can buy them a $1.99 a bottle, or you can step up to that four-pack for $4.99. There we go. Anyway, uh, they are look, seems to be sold at very shady uh, liquor stores around the country here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you used to buy Hornsby's, but we used to drink that cider, and it was pretty gross. The cider leaves that weird sticky taste in your mouth, and you just were like, after a few of them, it's like either too much sugar or too much dried cotton mouth or whatever the case may be. It's like ciders are like you want to sip them and enjoy them, but after a while, they just they resonate on your palate. Well, the one I have for you today, Albemarle Cider Works, okay? They are a small little farm here in rural Virginia. Um, they are from farm that is is vintage Virginia apples. Have you ever heard of them? They have over 250 types of apples. All right, that's amazing in the orchard alone. And one of my things that I love, you guys know, I love how how these guys are doing it, you know, and like what they're doing, and like their mantras and things like that. Uh, they actually go by a quote from John Joyce. Um, it says, as to the drink chiefly used in this colony, it is generally cider. Every planter having an orchard, and they make from 1,000 to five or 6,000 gallons, according to their land and fortune. This is basically John Joyce, an old farmer around here in Virginia, and said that that's what it was. It was a drink of choice. The vintage apples is an homage to way back in the day in the originator of Virginia. They had a lot of apple orchards around here. Uh, same thing, they had peach orchards in Georgia, but we have apple orchards here. Orchards. Apple orchards. Apple orchards, apple orchards, apple orchards. I'm an idiot, sorry. We have apple orchards around here in Old Virginia. And uh, their homage to them was, you know, just kind of having this, uh, opening up this farm, which is very cool as they started as just a regular old farm, the old Shelton family. They got deep roots down here in, uh, in the Virginia area, I think, you know, way back to early settlers. Um, and uh, the old, uh, the patri patriarch of the family there, E.R. Bud Shelton, um, he worked for uh, Virginia's Department of Forestry down in Charlottesville for years. And uh, 1961, I guess he retired, he went over and he bought some land down there in Charlottesville area and uh, started an orchard. Um, had an old north garden on the property, got rid of that, planted a small orchard, I think it was about 20 trees he did. Uh, and that wasn't just apples. It was like pears, peaches, cherries, and, you know, a lot of that. And a lot of those trees that he originally planted, they still are productive down here on the farm. Um, 
And so uh, they had those farms for years, and it just grew over several years. They uh, they started in the 90s with heirloom tastings, heirloom apple tastings, which is pretty cool, uh, which was uh, actually conducted by a guy named Tom Burford, uh, who was apparently big in the agricultural scene, and apples especially. Um, he was from Monticello. Uh, anyway... They used to do like a Saturday morning in the garden series, pretty cool, and they, they used to have the apple tastings, and so from there, they uh, they met a lot of people that were into the fruit, and, you know, and, and apple, They're very much enthusiasts, and I mean, these are people from like all over, um, and what was pretty cool was, is they started to actually offer classes, which was awesome, like uh, from their nursery, um, so the name of the farm is Rural Ridge uh, Farm down there. So their collection of apples grew over the years from like 61 to like 2000, and they have like 250 varieties. It's crazy. They have seven varieties of cider alone, which is pretty awesome. But then again, if you're apple farm, I feel like if you had one variety of cider, that'd be weird. So anyway, one of the cool things, like I said, I really aim to find with these beers is the farms and the locals and the people here that are looking for sustainability. Well, not only do they have these nurseries and they grow and they get all these varieties down there at Royal Ridge, they come up and they have, uh, they start offering classes on how to orchard and how to basically farm almost. And that's amazing. So you have these people that probably have land or small farms and they're like, hell, I don't know how to plant a damn tree, or I don't know how to get a tree out here, or how to keep it going, or, you know, I'm sure, I, I mean, I like to plant little basil or some flowers just to put on the balcony for my wife, and I do that in one little pot. I don't even know how the hell I would keep it orchard, excuse me, or several trees going for that matter, so kudos to them for spreading that, you know, I always, I, I've always thought to myself that knowledge is power. I don't feel like that you should hold back that power. I don't feel like that you should keep knowledge to yourself. And, you know, uh, I feel like people that don't want to pass on and don't want to communicate, that's fucked up. Fuck you, okay? Like, pass it on. These guys down here at Royal Ridge, Shelton Family, doing it big. Passing on horticulture classes, started in the late 90s, early 2000s, and still go on today. Um, which is pretty cool is that the whole thing started as kind of just a hobby project. And now, you know, it's a thriving business for them. Um, uh, anyway, what's really cool is that in 2009, they opened the uh, Abermoral Cider Works. And they started making their ciders. And their ciders, let me tell you, are pretty friggin' cool. So, like I said, they have, let's see. Two. Sorry, they have 10 varieties of ciders. Um, some of them are a little bit heavier than others, but the one I'm bringing to you today is probably my favorite from them. And that is Gold Rush. Okay, Gold Rush by Abermarl Cider Works. What's really cool is just a few years ago, they developed a new species of apple. Um, if that's even, I didn't know that we were developing new plants. That's pretty awesome. Um, and it's called like, an it's some long name. It's like an American constant, whatever. It's a cool apple. It's developed by Purdue University, and Albemarle Cider Works grows it down there on their farm in Rural Ridge, and they put it in Gold Rush. Now, like I was saying in my constant ramblings about five, ten minutes ago, you drink cider, you think to yourself, it sounds like a good idea. After one, your mouth is so sticky and dry, you're like, I can't drink another one of these. I'm just have to drink water with it. It's not even worth it to me. So, 
the reason I bring to you Gold Rush today, pardon me, is because Gold Rush is tart and light and crisp, like an apple. And not sticky and sweet. It's sweet, but not too sweet. And I gotta tell you, I'm gonna go with diatribe here for a second. I hate that phrase. I hate sweet, but not too sweet. Like, what, what are you talking about? If it's sweet, it's sweet. If it's not sweet, it's not sweet, okay? But literally, this is so... Alright, it's like when you take the first sip here, okay? Just, just try this with me right now. There's none of that, you know, like that kiss smack. It's so smooth. It's like open and tart. It's a light little ticklish fizz there, and it's like a flat yet inviting finish. It's not too sweet. It's not too sticky. Like most ciders are very sticky, and, and, and I mean like, you know, you just – you ever have candy you leave in the car, and you forgot you left it in the car, and then you found that candy? And then you're such a fat kid that you're like, I'm going to eat this candy right now because I found it and because now it's mine. So you've claimed ownership to this sticky 10 to 15 day old car candy and you eat it. And you get that sticky feeling on your hands and your mouth and your lips. That No, nobody else. Nobody else is following me right now. I'm the only crazy person that eats crazy car candy. By the way, I don't have a bunch of car candy. I've done this maybe once or twice in my life that I found car candy. Um, this is obviously before I found my wife. There was no way she would let me have car candy or would she let me eat something that I found that was more than five or six days old. Um, not that if I found something that was two or three days old, she would let me eat that either. Anyway, that's the analogy I'm trying to make for you here. Other ciders are very sticky. They're very full-bodied, and they take up a lot of the flavor in your mouth with the sweetness and not the actual flavor of the apple. Not here. Albemarle Cider Works Gold Rush is, is a gold medal winner. Um, it does – I don't know. Everything I want in the cider, I find in this Gold Rush. It's open and it's flat. Like, I want it to taste like apples, but I don't want it to overwhelm my palate. I want it to be fizzy, but I don't want it to be foamy. Like, it, it nails. It checks all the boxes. It comes in and it and it makes you happy. And it comes in a, these, these cool little bottles that do are just, it's all basically the same, same label. Just each logo, Gold Rush, and all the different kinds of ciders have a different uh, little font to them. And it's very cool, but it all stays with the same similar bottle. It kind of looks like a little champagne bottle. I wouldn't be surprised if it is a little champagne bottle there. But uh, Gold Rush here weighs in at 9.9 uh, ABV, which is pretty good. So it's a nice, it's a strong cider. It's not a, it's not no weak shit in here. You know, we don't want no shit is weak. Now, I have to interrupt the broadcast to bring to you. Our segment, I'm sure that my loyal three to four listeners have been waiting for. And that, my friends, is Beer Facts! <laughs> no shit! Ladies and gentlemen, I've uh, I've kind of been keeping it on from the last episode. Uh, a little love for the ladies here. Okay? And with that love for the ladies, my Beer Fact to you comes from our Norwegian friends, who, if any of you did not watch the Winter Olympics, which I don't care if you don't like the Olympics, I don't care if you don't like 
you know, you're like, hey, that's not my sport. I'm going to watch basketball and football. I watch basketball and football and all that crap. But the Olympics, goddamn, it's people competing from across the world. It's pretty cool. And it's also some, like, stuff, especially Winter Olympics, some stuff that a bunch of us punk-ass Americans don't do. Now, if you did watch the Winter Olympics and you're not a punk-ass, you would have seen that Norway cleaned house in the Winter Olympics. And these Norwegians cleaned it with almost every damn skiing event. A cross-country skiing, I know, because that was like every time the wife and I got home from work, Sarah and I would sit there and watch that, and we're like, Jesus, they're just... I mean, they would be miles ahead of people on these tracks on cross-country skiing and all this stuff. So the Norwegians were crushing it. And so in lieu of them having a stellar Olympics... Excuse me. My beer fact comes to you partly from Norway. I know that was a bunch of big build-up to say partly, so the second half of my beer fact today comes to you partly from Norway. So I wanted to preface the first half of the beer fact that has absolutely nothing to do with Norway. Um, I'll go with that first. <laughs> so we'll get to the Norway. So, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that beer is the third most popular item to drink, third most popular beverage in the world? Okay. Um, obviously, it's second to water. Clearly. I hope it would be second to water. I mean, listen to me. I've had a lot of my friends, and if any of you out there have had your friends make this ridiculously dumbass comment, they go, beer has water in it. Yeah, but it also has sugar and yeast and malt and hops, which are things that are going to dehydrate you. So uh, just a heads up there, hops are in the same family as cannabis, uh, a.k.a. marijuana, and that dehydrates you. So beer is going to dehydrate you. you got to drink water too. But also tea. I kind of blame that on Britain. You know, they had a long reign of being ruling over a lot of stuff all over the place. Um, so I kind of feel like that's kind of Britain's fault for, uh, you know, us having tea as a, as a second most popular beverage to water. Hmm, whatever, England. But anyway, pretty cool that beer ranks as the third most popular beverage. But tea, really? Really? Um, so today's beer fact. I love finding the beer facts from early on, okay? Because they... They're just insane. They're just in, it's just it's crazy to think that it's not like we've been drinking beer for such a long time. Now, a lot of the beer way, way back in the day, Mesopotamia time, Macedonia, they made a lot of fruit and spices and herbs in the beer and there were a lot like meads like you would find from like the monks and the priests and like the you know, old the United Kingdom. Um but there were a lot of the older beers. They did have a lot of fruit and spice in them, and they were good. And people, I mean, they claimed to be amazing. Um, there was, I've even read things about articles. I don't know how much I buy it, but I've read articles about that there were beer ads from, like, Macedonia. <laughs> like, drink this because it's so good. Like, I don't know about that shit, you know. Like, uh, in the 30s and 40s, there were ads for cigarettes with doctors that said four out of five doctors recommend this cigarette. Man, I wonder if people, the older people have emphysema fucking from then. It could be like, hey, I'd like to sue, uh, you know, such and such <laughs> advertising company for telling me this doctor's recommended it. Anyway, so where they put the herbs and spices in there, it was like they were, they were making tasty beverages. 
And uh, one of the things I, I read about, I read a lot, a lot of like herbs and spices and honey, and I thought to myself, wow, these are really like forward-thinking men that were, were drinking, the, that were making the beer. Now, that's very much 21st, that, that's very, no, that's very much like 17th century thinking of me to think that men were making it. So ladies, if you're listening, I apologize. Um, if you're not listening, I also apologize. I don't know why if I said if you preface it with your, if you're listening. But if you're listening, I apologize. So they have found out that the earliest brewers were actually women. I mean, almost exclusively women. Like in ancient Mesopotamia and Babylonia, brewers were females. And in Babylonia, the brewers also served as a doubled as a priestess. Now, I, it says doubled, and I didn't really delve too far into that. So I don't know if that's that they actually like were a priestess or because you're so kick-ass and make beer, you get to become a priestess. I don't know. I'm not really sure how Babylonia worked back then, um, but it's still pretty cool. So women, cheers to you uh, for being the earliest brewers. I know that also just a random side fact, not to do with beer or cider, is that I know that women were some of the first people in America to get tattooed. Um, you know, women, Roman women and Egyptian and, and Native American women had been tattooed, but like white American women were like some of the first people to get tattooed in this country, which is pretty kick-ass. So ladies, I raised my light, refreshing cider, but yet strong-bodied alcohol to you in lieu of our beer fights. No shit. So, um... Also, one of the things I wanted to tell you, so speaking of my Norwegian friends here, finish up the beer facts. So I found, came across in my travels on the lines, I found that in Norway they have, dating back from like the 1800s, and it had something to, so this is just a, this is a, a, a compliment sandwich shout out to all my uh, European and non-English speak, non English is a first language friends because I know the Europeans, I know a lot of you know like four or five languages. You kick our ass in America. I get it. But I understand English has a lot of things that are tricky and synonyms and antonyms and, you know, and, and, and things that throw you off. But when you're making a website, if you're going to put it in English, for the love of Christ, hire an American to write it for you. Because some of the stuff here, uh, like I'm trying to figure out about these. So in Norway, they have what's called the Wife Carrying World Championships. They've been going on for at least 20 years, I know of, but it derives from like the 1800s. And that's the part I'm talking about, the translation, because what I was trying to read was the English was so broken that I couldn't figure out like if they were stealing people's wives or stealing their wives back and running from one Norwegian town to the other with somebody else's wife. Anyway, that's the crazy story of where this derives from. And knowing what I know about Norway is it's basically ice like 85% of the year, ice and snow. So uh, that makes sense why they win the cross-country skiing championships because they probably carry their wives across the tracks to train for it. Um, I had what I thought was a joke there, and I started to deliver it. It's kind of like a mundane teacher that doesn't care about his job anymore, so I apologize. Anyway, so the World Wife Carrying Championships. Um, it's basically started as like a wife-stealing thing and a feat of strength. Like, I'm so strong, I can beat you up and steal your wife, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, if that is completely wrong, and I just don't know how to read ungrammatical 
M grammatical, L grammatical. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to speak English either. Foreigners, I'm an asshole. I can't even speak my own damn language, so I apologize. But it, whatever the case may be, please correct me. Shoot me an email at beeramid365 at gmail.com. That's B-E-E-R-A-M-Y-D-365 at gmail.com. B-E-E-R-A-M-Y-D-365 at gmail.com. And uh, let me know uh, what where that really derived from, if you know. Um, but one of the cool things, the reason I was bringing up Norway was, is what intrigued me was after reading all of it was, first prize, the person who wins first prize for this, gets their wife's weight in beer. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a win-win situation if your wife's heavier, so you get more beer. But by the same token, though, that's probably not a great like advantage in the race you know especially if it's like if it's time trials or whatever the case may be i don't think that's gonna go so well if she's heavier so anyway but pretty interesting fact there so that's uh that's my uh that's my sustainable uh sustainable uh uh beer fact there sustainable beer facts i don't know why i said sustainable beer facts i'm a fucking idiot anyway Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope that you will get out there and try Albemarle Cider Works. As always, I'm fishing for compliments. Um, Total Wine, you can find a lot of Albemarle, a few of the Albemarle, not a lot, a few of the Albemarle Cider Works there at Total Wine. They sell them in the the large bottles here, uh, the 750-milliliter bottles, so like I said, like a champagne bottle. And they have a couple different kinds, but I would say try the Gold Rush. And you know what? Have a fucking cider, man. Don't be too fucking cool, okay? You, you know, you don't know how good or bad something can be. Just give it a fucking try. There's some people that just try to be too goddamn cool for uh, school, and they won't try a cider, or they won't try an IPA, whatever. Try this cider, okay? And also, any of my politicos out there, I'm not going to get political out here. Now, school shootings, I'm going to touch on that for a little bit, like I did at the beginning of this episode. Excuse me. I'm not going to get political out there with anybody, by the way. But, pretty cool that this small little farm here at Royal Ridge had started up and created so many, and got so many different varieties of apples and everything like that, that when they opened their cider works, their Albemarle Cider Works, Tim McCain came and gave a speech about small sustainable farms viability in 2009 when they opened up our Cyberworks in 2009 so that's pretty cool too now i've not been down there to um uh, i apologize for arlington police and fire rescue are doing their job right now i have the back door open to kind of air out because it's kind of nice with the sun in here so it's a little get a little live live look into the rough streets of arlington and let me tell you i don't i don't live in the rough streets of arlington um, anyway, but that's pretty cool though. You know, the governor of Virginia, the current governor at the time came down to talk about how great their farm had been doing and how great many of the farms around there. So I, I always want to feature things that are doing forward sustainability. I always want to feature places that are given a positive message. And I always want to remind all of you, please, please, please. Okay. Just please spread the love. 
spread the love. Guys, I know it's I know it can seem tough at times. I know it can seem like people are just out of control or this guy's an asshole. I don't want to spread shit to this guy. But I beg you, please, please, please try to spread the love. Try to take some time to get to know somebody you don't really talk to, okay? Try to take the time to, to love your neighbor for their positive parts, not their flaws, all right? We all have flaws. We're all assholes, all right? We all do dumb stuff, and we all make mistakes, okay? So think about that, all right? Think about that throughout your day. How can you be better for everybody else? I know that I try to be a better person every day. I try to correct just the way I talk personally. So uh, I, I try to handle myself a little bit better. I try not to cuss so much. I try not to yell at people. I try not to yell in the car at the people around me who clearly can't hear me. So ladies and gentlemen, I um, I want to let you know I'm going to start bringing these to you once a week regularly, just like this, some little 30-minute sessions like this here. And uh, I, I want you to know that I'm bringing the positivity to you. I have a lot of ups and downs in my life as well as I'm sure as you do. And uh, there's nothing better than being able to kick back at the end of the week with a good beer. And I think Friday's a great day to have the show, so that's what we're going to start doing it. Um, if you have some beers you want me to try out, if you have some local Virginia guys, anything across the country that I should be knowing about and I should be spreading the word, please shoot me an email at beeramid365 at gmail.com. That's B-E-R, two E's, B E E R. A-M-Y-D at 365 at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining me here on Pop Top. I always appreciate you. I'm Colin Morris coming to you from Arlington, Virginia. And as always, I wish you to have a great night, have a great beer or cider, and I will 100% absolutely see you on the flip side.